Internet shopping, hard to do, hard as shit to do. Yeah, who has time? So let's make it more difficult. Go to feralaudio.com, buy your internet goods through their Amazon portal. Oh, it's going to be great. Believe me, it's going to be the best. <laughs> You're going to need to buy a lot of stuff from this episode after it's over. Let me get real with you all. Let me just lay it on the line. Yacht Rock. Mm can be pretty damn white sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's we're, true. We're listening to Christopher Cross's Never Be the Same. Not a lot of soul here. Eh. I mean, it's good. Yeah, it's great. It's, good. it's great. But this yeah, is what... I feel like I'm running through the park with Billy Joel. <laughs> this is a, That's an image that people usually have when they think about Yacht Rock. They say, you know, I say Yacht Rock, you see some bearded white guy in a white suit playing a white guitar and drinking white wine in a white void where dreams go to become white dreams. On a white boat. But Yacht Rock owes its soul to the company store, and that company is Motown Records Incorporated. Hmm. The best Yacht Rock artist grew up gurgling and swallowing this most delectable blend of hard... <laughs> this most delectable blend of hardcore soul and light fluffy pop. From Michael McDonald's deep yarl to Kenny Loggins' guttural growl to Christopher Cross... Well, well, I'm sure he had some black friends, and I'm sure that they all loved great soul music. So, alongside of these white boys bringing the Motown out in popular rock and roll, there were parallel performers producing a very, very smooth tributary of Yacht Rock, much closer to the gentlest of genres, soul roots. Welcome to the show. This is The Blacks of Yacht. Wait, what? <laughs> Whoa, what? Oh, just kidding. That's not what we agreed on. No, no. Yacht chocolate. It's also not what we... Oh. It's... Yacht Soul. I knew I would convince you all that the genre of Yacht Soul existed. Boom. I didn't... Wow. Why does he always say that? Why does he say boom? Uh, that too. I was pushing this on JD a long time ago. This no, is... you were saying it didn't exist. It's all Yacht Rock. No, I, said I, think that. I said that. I, I also believe that it's all Yacht Rock and this is the soul sort of sphere of Yacht, the corner of Yacht Rock that is and more And I didn't based. care. We'll talk more about this, but right now let's introduce a podcast because you think you, you think you clicked on 538 with Nate Silver, but no, you got Beyond Yacht Rock, the podcast that makes up genres, counts them down. We're not make we aren't making up a genre this time, but because it's a it's a episode on the ten, it's episode forty. We're doing a yacht rock spectacular, and this time we're tackling the yacht rock subgenre of yacht soul. Yes, sir. I enjoy the term subgenre. Yeah. So I'll agree with that. Yeah, even though Absolutely. even though the whole show is going to be about yacht rock, we're still going to throw a bone to a yacht rock song. This one I think fits is a nice intro into yacht soul. This is Michael McDonald's "I Keep Forgetting." It's a really nice anecdote, antidote to that Christopher Cross white blandness. Hi, I'm David Lyons, and this is the Beyond Yacht Rock podcast. Uh, Dave, Steve, listen, you guys all talk. They know who we are. Don't worry about it. Hi, I'm Hunter. Hi, I'm Hollywood Steve. Okay, great. I'm JD. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, they so, won't know. So the personnel on this song and the album are... Uh, it's about as bonanza as bonanza can be. You got Jeff Picaro on drums, Steve Lukather on guitar, Greg Fillingains on clavinets, and a guy named Lewis Johnson on bass. Now, yeah. I looked into this Lewis Johnson fella, and it turns out mm -hmm. he's Quincy Jones' guy. Go-to guy. He played with pretty much every Yacht Soul artist in the countdown, so now do you see how it's all connected? There's, there's going to be a lot of this today. We'll be checking liner notes for Lewis Johnson from now on. He's yeah. bonanza. We're going to get into him later, too. Listen, listen to the bass, the bass line in this is legendary. Thunder thumbs. That's what they called him. 
He's also one half of the funk group The Brothers Johnson. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Really? They're on the list. Well, I didn't look deeply into them. Now I know. Now everybody knows. Yeah. Fun facts abound. Some other Yacht Soul names will be featuring in today's countdown who appeared on the If That's What It Takes album of Michael McDonald. Uh, you know, I mentioned Greg Fillin Gaines. I ironically named Fillin Gaines because he's the first guy you call Gaines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not filling in for anything. Nope. Um, Brenda Russell did some background vocals. We'll talk about her later. Paulinho da Costa does some percussion. Uh, we'll talk about him later. And we'll just tie it all in. Yacht Rock and Yacht Soul are two ships sailing together in the night with a little ladder between them so you can go back and forth if you like. Yeah, it's like Ebony and Ivory sailing together in perfect harmony. And most likely one is sexier than the other. Now here's something I just learned. This song was written by Michael McDonald as well as Ed Sanford from the Sanford Townsend Band. And it was based on the Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller song I keep forgetting, recorded in 1962 by soul singer Chuck Jackson. Mm. This is an awesome chance right now to hear how soul influenced Yacht Rocks. Let's check it out. I keep forgetting you don't yeah. know. Oh, chills. Isn't that so Ooh. good? Now, I keep forgetting did he get any money? Did these guys get any money? For yeah. Okay, they have songwriting credit. Okay, good. Um, so as you can tell, the McDonald's song wasn't a direct cover of this. It took the spirit of the verse hook and then added its own chorus hook in that every time you're near part. Um, but this is a, a bona fide soul jam. It's super fun. It's just really, really great. Even for an oldie time song. So when blue-eyed guys like Michael McDonald take direct inspiration from songs as badass as this, you know you're waiting around in an awesome genre, and that's what Yacht Rock is. That's why we love Yacht Rock, baby. And anybody who hates oldie-time R&B is a crank who hates human joy. I don't think I hate oldie-time R&B. I think I hate the oldie-time rock and roll. Hmm. That boogie-woogie garbage. That's that's a shame, because that's kind of what all the music he loves based on. Yeah. And it improved on it. It improved on it. It's like saying, oh, I love the drums in this song, so I should also love when cavemen hit rocks. Man, the weird thing is Steve Perry sang most of his songs about oldie-time rock and roll. Like, they were mm-hmm. somehow... Yeah, Bob Seger, too. About and, that. And they and elevated. Bo- and the Bob Seger song. Except for the Bob Seger old-time rock and roll song. That song kind of sucks. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Yacht Soul. Let's get into this. been waiting for this. Go ahead. You can start talking. It's kind of a okay, slow start. Okay, so when... Slow at, burn. At, we talked about this before, but Loggins defined Yacht Rock, and he na- fucking nailed it. On a TV news interview yeah. recently. Yeah, recently, like a, within like the a, past... Like in a local... Half year. Wasn't that some local uh, morning some show or something? A local yeah. New York morning yeah. show, yeah. They needed something to talk about, and they brought it up, and he's like, oh, you're still calling it that. Oh, yeah, that's what that... That, that came from the internet. But then he nailed it. and But one of the parts that he nailed was describing David Foster doing an R&B thing. Uh, It's like when Pop met jazz and R&B is basically what he said. And he he specifically called out David Foster in his R&B. We know Foster as a guy who was in Airplay doing kind of a Toto thing and we know he kind of later wrote sappy, almost non-Yacht-Rocky love songs. Yeah, a lot of just straight-up adult contemporary. Adult contemporary, which people would consider R&B. I don't think people know about this, and I, maybe what Loggins was talking about was this is David Foster's band Attitudes with Chain, with the song Change, 
Um, and this is, they're definitely not just doing an R&B thing, but a soul thing on this. Yeah. Um, I went down this uh, Attitudes rabbit hole uh, for my last bone throw. Great stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the fucking tits, man. That's how everybody describes it. And... <laughs> Everybody? It's on the it's on the Everybody. back of the album. Yeah, yeah. it's the fucking it's tits. It's the fucking tits, Rolling Stone. Yeah. Yeah. And so this I was, think Chuck Klosterman said that in spin. This song came out in 1977. So this is very much when Yarak was still becoming a thing. So, you know, while Michael McDonald was doing his kind of soulful thing in the doobies and Kenny Loggins was doing his sultry vocals with some jazz and things were coming together David Foster was doing this is kind of bringing the R&B into it bringing it and the soul the R&B into Yacht Rock and it was getting mixed together so really this is that first part of Yacht Soul and then that's the early part where Yacht Rock is bringing all the genre ships to port to kind of party to hang out and let's create our own new thing. And basic, so basically, like this kind of song, probably this album maybe is like the thing that started to separate the Yacht Yacht, yacht Rock song from the 70s AM gold folksy doozy yeah, and soft not, rock. It's not that, you know, that hippy dippy. The Yacht Rock. So it's not the campfire not. music. Yeah, that, and which is typically what's Yacht Rock. Um, um, and also Jay Graydon. <laughs> worked with David Foster on this. I don't think he was in the band, technically, but he worked with them. Um, so this is, you're seeing the parts coming together. Um, and I know, I know Foster was playing with artists like Hall & Oates who have a Philly Souls uh, sound, but and he was everywhere. Like, soul was in David Foster's veins. You can hear it here, and you can hear some of the, his iconic piano riffs in this, like like in the Bob, Bob Skagg song, Look What You've Done, Love, Look What You've Done to Me. Uh, David Foster drops soul turds into Yacht Rock like Jay Graydon drops idea turds after dinner with Steve Lukather. <laughs> Song turds. And in this context, though, turds are a good thing. Yeah. These turds aren't disgusting. They're fertilizing. Yeah, they're, they're fertilizing the load that would grow into Yacht Rock. It's just this big puddle of turds and load. It's really a beautiful thing. Yeah, anyway. Stretch, uh, stretch for that let's, I also want to, I, I want to remember here that David Foster and David Page's first big success together was producing Cheryl Lynn's disco classic, Got to Be Real. That was kind of what helped thrust them into the uh, producing and like the behind-the-scenes careers that they ended up having. So let's move on to the next. What I personally feel, and you can disagree, you guys can disagree with me, tell me, but I feel like there's a second movement, and really all of Yacht Rock had this, is when you get that first period where everything's coming together to define the song, and then sort of around the 80s, it starts to divide, and it starts integrating other people, or people are start doing Yacht Rock as it became popular, that weren't necessarily there in the beginning. And so that's kind of what this is. Uh, once again, we're hearing Quincy Jones and featuring Patty Austin from The Dude. Quincy wasn't an original Yacht Rocker, but he became familiar with the sound and liked the sound and started incorporating more soul into the sound. And started bringing the players in. Yeah, yes. worked with yeah. so many of the, the mainstays. Yeah, session guys. A whole new crop of session guys started coming in and intermingling with the core basically Toto let's be honest right. but, but other guys and so then they started working together and so this is the second movement and so it sounds distinctly different from the first one where the first one sounds more like your standard Yacht Rock this sounds more like 
what you would hear on the wave yeah, currently. But, but like, this is the roots of the wave, the easy, smooth jazz listening station, like corporate radio station, like you hear in dentist's office. But this is so much better than today's smooth jazz. Like, the roots are just more glorious to gaze upon than the tree itself. I mean, I mean, like the chorus of this song that we just heard is one of the most beautiful things ever recorded. So surprising and gorgeous. I love it. Yeah, and this is... Uh, I, what I really think that started to define the era of the separation was the synth. Getting really mm -hmm. heavy into the synth because you hear a little bit of the electric piano and stuff in the earlier stuff, but it's kind of like playing a part. It, the synth really started to define Yacht Rock in, in about, at about 81 on. And in Yacht Soul, what we're defining as Yacht Soul, it is very important. Yeah, so you're also more apt to hear horns and saxophone in Yacht yeah. Soul than the guitar, which is prevalent in Yacht Rock. And the songs are also more likely to be about actual romantic successes. Mm -hmm. And not fools. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, to me, Yacht Soul, I, I think like what you were saying, a little bit of what you were saying earlier, Hunter, Yacht Soul to me is the stuff that happened after musicians like Quincy Jones, whose home base was R&B. Well, actually, his home base was jazz, but... Mostly musicians whose home base was R&B heard this new sound and adapted those elements into their own music. Like, oh, hey, these cats actually sound pretty hip. And we wouldn't be ashamed to play this stuff. And one of the things where you find with that is, like, in The Dude, it's not a full yacht rock, yacht soul album. So a lot of these guys, they're not... They're integrating it, but it's not a full. They're not. It's not fully. It's usually song by song by song. So you get you get three or four. Yeah, because Quincy Jones is very eclectic. He's you know he's, he started out in yeah. jazz. He spent all those years in jazz. He's got he's he's a musical omnivore. Yeah, he wasn't trying to define the sound. Whereas the guy guys from the beginning were trying to narrow it down. Whereas he is trying to expand it. I think. Steve, I like this paragraph you found from Ebony.com. I'd like to read that right now. This is a paragraph from Ebony.com's look back at the dude. Uh, it's written by Michael A. Gonzalez. I'm going to read it for you right now. While The Dude was viewed as simply, quote, another black record by A&M executives who were dismissive of it prior to its 12 Grammy nominations. Quick interruption, Steve. That is the most Grammy nominations a record has ever had. It's fantastic. Was? Yeah. Wow. Uh, great. Uh, the A&M dis executive dismissed it prior to that. The production of the album possessed a sonic smoothness and mellow Cali sonic. sound. Sonic Hunter. I did a whoop. It's a, it's a different music critic this time. I know. A mellow Cali sound that today's music critics refer to as Yacht Rock. Thank you very much. Thank yeah. you very much, Michael A. Gonzalez. Yeah, it's amazing. Although I, mean, the you're, I mean, you're welcome. I'm sorry. I mean, you're welcome. Wait, you're welcome. Now he's going to hurt it a little Thank bit. Thank you for knowing who we are, and you're welcome for us giving you that. Uh, although the... I'm still reading here. Although the Yacht Rock of other popular artists of the time, like Michael McDonald, Fleetwood Mac, yeah. <coughs> Steely Dan, okay. Carly Simon... Hey. Toto okay. and Kenny Loggins right, utilized smooth jazz and soul elements. Jones's boat was bigger, bolder, and better than anyone else's. And to me, that is yacht soul in a nutshell. Bigger, bolder, and better than anyone else's yacht rock and R&B bass. Let's count down these yacht soul songs. Let's get into this shit, guys. Number 12. 
Thriller. Yes. Yeah. Am I right, guys? Yes, yeah. you are. It's a pretty. That album's a pretty incredible confluence of yacht rock and yacht soul masters. Mm-hmm. And this song's a great example. This is Michael Jackson's "Baby Be Mine." It's one of the two songs that was not released as a single off of Thriller. Unbelievable. And we picked it. We are unbelievable. So, so you got a handful of Quincy's yacht soul guys here, and you've also got a handful of Toto yacht rock boys, and the result is a song that is both delightfully yachty and dancey as hell. Mm-hmm. You know it. It, I find it very interesting that before we really knew what we were doing with Yacht Rock, before we've defined it in such a way that we have now, we still had the whole Toto Michael Jackson thing in episode five. Yeah, because they did they did write Human Nature for Thriller. Totally yes, did. they did. This one was actually written by Rod Temperton. Mm. Yeah, we're going to get into him a lot. Yeah. Did you say Ted Templeman? Uh-huh. <laughs> no, and in fact... Common misconception. Hey. In fact, when you go to Rod Temperton's Wikipedia page, the first thing it says is, if Ted you're Tem- not to be Ted confused Templeton. with Ted Templeman, Click record here. producer. Does it really say that? It really says ah. that. <laughs> I, I go deeper than Wikipedia for my research. I just mishear <laughs> things. Anyway, um, you can hear Steve Picaro from Toto's synth all over this. Uh, and then the horns are the other prevalent sound. Yes. Quincy Jones had a favorite horn arranger. His name is Jerry Hay. He also played trumpet and flugelhorn, and he'll be all over a lot of these tracks today. The old horn arranger. Yeah, those two great flavors mash awesomely together. Yeah, uh, Thriller is like the Yacht Rock Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Two great tastes. It tastes, tastes great. great. Yeah. Together. And Thriller is really the pinnacle of, of Quincy Jones's musical omnivore aesthetic. Like, if he was going to make Michael Jackson the biggest superstar in music, which he had the talent to do. And remember, the title of biggest superstar in music had never belonged to a black man before Michael Jackson. If he was going to do that, he needed to show that Michael could do anything musically. And in order to do that, he needed the studio personnel who could, in turn, also do anything musically. So he's got his Toto guys, he's got his his kind of Quincy Jones go-to guys from his previous few projects, and he brings them all together in one massive, greatest-selling album of all time. And Michael Jackson is a musical genius who I think should get enough, get more credit in bringing all those guys together. It wasn't just Quincy Jones, because mm-hmm. he had worked with some guys with the Jacksons before this that had a they kind of had a, a little uh, yachty sound uh, for a few songs but it was using personnel that would later be your standard yacht soul guys yeah there's a lot of staples of uh, yacht soul staples on on thriller and he you know he definitely wanted certain people and while he may not be yacht rock he definitely you know Michael Jackson was the one who wanted Eddie Van Halen absolutely on, on like on beat it he knew good music and he knew who to bring mm-hmm. into his it's great uh, going back to the last week's episode we are the world you watch the making of video and Michael Jackson oh, he's like, the best like changing things and like directing mm-hmm. people like yeah we're giving Quincy Jones some credit but like Michael Jackson brings out the best in people just oh, as long no. as you're over Absol- 18 years old <laughs> yes <laughs> and and if you're under 18 he puts the worst into you yes <laughs> oh god it's oh. true let's change the subject back to who's on this song uh, well, Quincy Jones pulls out all the stops in here it's like if Donald Trump wasn't full of shit <laughs> when he says all the best people are going to want to work on his projects uh, you mentioned Steve Perkar earlier 
Jeff is on this album, Steve Lukather, David Page. There's additional synths by Greg Fillingains, who we'll hear a lot about today, and Michael Boddicker. Yeah, they go hand in hand. Those yeah, guys. who we'll also hear a lot about. Uh, bass by Lewis Johnson of the Brothers yeah. Johnson. Background vocals by the Waters siblings, who we'll hear more about later. And uh, like Dave mentioned, also this was written by Rod Temperton, who will all... There will be a few Rod Temperton songs on this list. Um, another song on Thriller that I think is really great and kind of yachty is PYT, and I mm-hmm. want to mention it because James Ingram co-wrote it with Quincy, and James Ingram is credited with hand claps. Yes. Uh, so any song hand with hand claps. claps by James Ingram gets serious yacht soul consideration. Oh man, that flugelhorn. <laughs> okay, guys, I have another theory. Oh, good. So, hear me out. Percussion is important to music. What? what? Listen, listen, hear him out. Hear him out, guys. Okay, I know. This is yeah. bullshit. I know it's crazy. Pot. I'm th- throwing out a lot of wild ideas. But with that, I also think percussion is very important to yacht soul. Extra rhythm, you yeah, say? Ex- yeah, yeah, the extra rhythms, because soul, uh, it's you know, if there, if we're gonna have an argument today, and if something can be too smooth, which I don't think we are, but if you're if you're sitting around talking with your friends about yacht rock, could something be too smooth for yacht rock? Some of that would probably be yacht soul, and one of the ways to pull the smooth out of it is is that crazy percussion that's going on in the background because that kind of makes it a little more square not as sexy you can't you can't sex with that wood block going on in the background hunter hunter what are you talking about talking so much about percussion well it's because this is uh paulino da costa who we spoke about earlier with seeing is believing and he is the number one Percussionist for I would say yacht rock and yacht soul. Victor Feldman did a lot of percussion. Um, Piano. Well, no, he did percussion too. Oh yeah, okay. He, they, he was kind of a he was, jack of all trades. Yeah, yeah. Piano is a percussion instrument. And brainiac. Piano, technically, piano is a percussion instrument. If it is. And if you uh, really a lot of people could say string, but and if you listen to yacht rock, the way they get a good piano in there, it's a very percussion sounding. It's not called piano in Yacht Rock, my friend. Uh, And Bob James, that was the one that Kenny Loggins uh, mentioned when he was defining Yacht Rock. He said it started when Bob James came into his life. Smooth jazz. Mm -hmm. Because he was in the band Foreplay. Um, Hunter, what the hell song is this by Paulino da Costa? He said, he said so. I said it. It's, uh, seeing is believing. Uh, just, uh, well, hearing is believing that percussion is important to Yacht Soul when mm-hmm. you hear this song. Uh, Paulino is Brazilian, famously part of uh, Sergio Mendes in the Brazil, Brazil 77. Awesome. Jinx. Uh, he's not exclusively Yacht Rock. Uh, that would be unfair, but he is for sure a huge part of it. Uh, yeah, you can't be yacht. You can't be completely yacht rock or yacht soul when you've worked with more than nine hundred artists. Yeah, he's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hundred and fifty soundtrack collaborations. Jesus. Yeah, on this song, uh, uh, Paulino doesn't sing, so we hear Bill Champlin singing. He's all right. Uh, <laughs> and we also have uh, yacht soul stalwarts Michael Boddicker, Gregory Fillingaines, uh, yacht rock trumpeter Chuck Finley. 
And guitarist Larry Carlton. Big fusion guy. Uh, yeah, uh, that trumpet is very Yacht Rocky on this song. Awesome. I like it. The horns in this song kind of give it the doobie bounce that you usually get from some kind of e-piano or synthesizer. Um, there's also some hot scat in here from, from that's Bill Champlin scatting? That's, that's the champ. He sounds great. I had no idea he could scat like yeah. that. Like, scat shows up a lot in Yacht Soul. It's an ass, an ass hair closer to jazz than Yacht Rocky. Yeah, some of the musicians who were crossing over uh, to start playing on these Yacht Soul records were jazz guys. They've been in a lot of jazz sessions before this. I, ju I was just going to say, Polino, he was on Loggins Keep the Fire, Michael McDonald's If That's What It Takes. I don't think I have to name any more. Many. He's, he's like yeah, on 80% of Yacht Rock stuff. That'll get this you. Is the, also, uh, this is also this from his 1979 album, Happy People. Happy People, yes. He did record a few as a leader. Number nine. This is number 10. It is number 10. I wonder, let me, let me see something here. Number eight. Nope. I don't know. That's weird. Right, okay, anyway, anyway, hey, this is number ten. Number you're continuing number your, ten. your perfect record, JD. I mislabeled the. This is going to be a disaster. I mislabeled the. It'll be fine. Okay. Cool out, man. Yeah. All right. Listen to some uh, some yacht soul. Hey, I'm cooled out already. All right. This is Ray Parker Jr. A woman needs love just like I do. Mm, this guy uh, wears shirts less than uh, uh, Dave Grohl. <laughs> Wait, no, 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 I fucked it up. <laughs> Dave Grohl. Who's the dude, the guitar player from uh, Jane's Addiction? Oh, Dave, Navarro. Dave, Dave Navarro. This guy wears shirts less than Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> okay. Well, it turns out, as we discussed, it. our favorite Ghostbuster fan, Ray Parker Jr., has been a soul session guitar player throughout the 70s, but in 1978 he struck out as a featured vocalist with his band Radio, which is uh, Ray for Ray Parker Jr., um, and Dio Ken, for Ronnie James Ken Dio. <laughs> that would have been a great collaboration. Um, in 1980, uh, he became even more featured as the band became Ray Parker Jr. with Radio. This is a Ray Parker Jr. with Radio song. Uh, and right off the bat, this song's about cheating. She can fool around just like you do. Mm -hmm. It's incredible how often this guy talks about fooling around. One of his favorite tropes, too, this is, it appears for the second time in his career here, is Jill cheating on Jack. You know, they go up the hill to fetch water, those two. He mentions in this song, uh, even that they cheat on each other, and also in a song that radio does a few years previous called Jack and Jill. On the hill? On the hill. When they go up to get water? Yeah, yeah Andrew Dice Clay had a poem about them, too. <laughs> he was a big radio fan. Uh. To me, this this is the this this Ray Parker Jr. cheating stuff. This is the sound of R and B coming to grips with feminism in the late '70s. It's it's like Motown? a continuation of those post Motown shows. Like, listen, fellas, and women with, be horny. With, with Ray Parker Jr., it was almost always the woman's fault. Like, no, uh, in this case, it's the man's fault. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm yeah, saying no. in most in this, most cases, mm -hmm. like in uh, Ghostbusters, there's an invisible man sleeping in my bed mm -hmm. that oh. someone's cheating on his woman. It's yeah. his woman doing, or somebody's cheating with his woman on him. Yeah, and it's well, the lady's fault. But uh, th in this one, he's saying like, guys, if you if you don't take care of your woman, she's gonna cheat on because she because she needs it. This song should have been called "Look, You Got to Fuck Your Woman." Uh, he's so obsessed with cheating. Can you imagine a conversation with him? He's like, hey, hey, Ray, so the, the checkout lady forgot to scan my coupons today. And Ray says, oh, maybe she's cheating on her man. Or like, did you see the news Zach Galifianakis movie? And he says, ooh, I bet he cheats on his lady. You know, it, it seems like that's all he would talk about. Who, who hurt him? I don't know. Probably um, somebody who cheated on him. So or maybe he felt cheated when uh, he got sued for I uh, Want a New Drug. 
Oh yeah, Ghostbusters. He cheated on he cheated on music. Yeah. yeah. Um, so as far as personnel in the song goes. Um, there's no one I've heard of before except for Ray Parker Jr., but it's probably because it's radio, it's a special band. But Ray Parker Jr. is sort of like Prince. He does most of the stuff on his record. So here his credits are producer, written by, engineer, mixed by, vocals, guitar, bass, drums, piano, synthesizer. So, so this, he is radio. Yeah, I mean, the, the other guys played stuff too, but point, he got yes. credits for everything. And, you know, for a guy best known for germoning, who you gonna call? Like, he is phenomenally talented. Germoning. Germoning? Who you gonna call? Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Oh, like Page a growl moan? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Gene Page is on this, and I don't know if anybody's ever mentioned him, but he's done, he's arranged some strings for some Yacht Rock artists, like Photo Glow. Yeah. Good Yacht Rock artist right there. <sighs> Better thank me for digging that up. Really I think, good. I think all these numbers are going to be wrong. Number eight. Nine. It's, it's number nine. You should have no, just you... played the wrong number nine one that you just played yeah. earlier. I don't. I don't know. This is no, you're that's one not... behind. So oh. You have to play that one again next time. Oh, so everything's gonna should be okay. Yeah, we just missed on. ten. <sighs> Here we are with the brothers Johnson. Yes. In the way. Wait, this isn't Toto. What's Toto doing on the yacht? Oh, never mind. You know why, Steve? Steve, tell him why. Because this song was written by David Page and Jeff and Steve Porcaro. All members of Toto. All members Indeed. of Toto. But this is the Brothers Johnson. Two dudes from L.A., George Lightning Licks and Louis Thunderthumbs Johnson. The Brothers Johnson, or Brojos, as everyone seems to call them, got their start as touring musicians for Bobby Womack and the Supremes. Quincy Jones hired them to play on his album Mellow Madness, and liked them so much he asked them to play on his tour, and that's when he started producing songs for the dudes. Yeah, they, he produced like their first few albums, but this song is actually from their first their first non-Quincy Jones album. They the, struck out on their own yeah. and produced their own record. Yeah, they produced it themselves. With Toto. Yeah. This song's good. Yeah, the album's really called so Winners, by the way. Yeah, this, is, well, this album, Winners, it has an incredible album cover. It's the Brothers Johnson. <laughs> they're in the process of tying a running race. They're mm. both breaking the ribbon together. Both they're, winners. Yeah, because they're brothers. Right. And then there's an insert of a gold medal that kind of looks like the album won a Pulitzer Prize. <laughs> but when you look closer, it's Would have been a, the first. like a Caldecott medal, you know? Yeah. If you look closer, the medal has the image of the Brothers Johnson heads in profile. It's a great, it's a really silly Well, then they, sh- they deserve to win it. <laughs> yeah. These dudes look so fucking cool. They could easily throw on leather vests and hang with the Warriors. They just like. Have, did you ever see that like big fucking afro? And uh, one of the dudes, I think it was Lewis, was wearing this shirt that says "Get the Get the Funk Out of My Face," which was one of their songs. Uh, Can't say enough good things about these guys. They're yeah. so sweet. Hey Hunter, who played drums in this song? Uh, Jeff Picaro. Um, Paul Hino da Costa. Oh, he played percussion. Percussion. Gotcha. Some kind of drum. <laughs> it's that conga. It's that conga. It, it smooths everything out. It takes you to the Caribbean. It's the Caribbean beat. Yeah. I don't know why it works with Yacht Rock, but it does for whatever because it may, Because it comes from places you have to sail to. Well, yeah. Yeah, now, yes. it's frequently... Yeah, Story-wise, I think that would work. It's yeah. frequently in Yacht Rock, but just because you hear it doesn't mean that it is Yacht Rock. Which is why you hear so many things with congas that ends up being nyat. Interesting. Interesting theory, Dave. Thank you. (laughs) 
Thank you. I came up with that all on my own. Just now. Um, I know we talked about uh, Brother Lewis Johnson playing bass on Thriller, but he was absolutely Quincy's go-to guy. Mm-hmm. He was on Off the Wall and just every pretty much yeah. every project in between. He's yeah. the yacht soul bass player. Yeah. He uh, died in his home last year. Another amazing artist to die in 2016. Oh, oh wait, no. Wait, he what? died in 2015. Oh, sorry, fellas. Guy from Earth, Wind, and Fire died in 2016. Yes, we'll get to that. Number seven. God, no, no, you did it again. Yeah. No, it's not my fault. I mislabeled it. Everything's mislabeled. This is number eight. Shady, just play that one again for yeah, number seven. Did again. you? Did you just say it's not my fault? I mislabeled it. I, it is my fault. It's not anything I can stop now. It's okay. I got it. You just play that one again. It's extra responsibility that you take on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and it's okay. Sometimes if you, make you a get mistake. flustered. It's yeah. fine. It's and fine. now, and now we're seeing maybe, maybe the rest of us should step up and try to help you label your files. I'm, I'm doing fine, guys. I'm doing fine. St- Steve, Steve. We're wasting a lot of time, and we could be talking about this amazingly important I'm song. I'm doing fine, guys. I've never heard of this song. You've never heard of this song? Well, that's Ever. weird. No. This song Nobody hit number has. one that's on the, the pop thing. charts in 1983. And of all the songs that hit number one, this is probably the most forgotten from that year. But to me, <laughs> this one epitomizes the Yacht Soul formula. It's Patty Prove Austin it. and James Ingram duetting on Baby Come to Me. Uh, Patty Austin, you have your jazz-trained singer, one who's uh, perfectly comfortable in straight-up adult contemporary pop in James Ingram. Put those flavors together. Uh, both of them also ex- appeared extensively on The Dude. Uh, yeah, Patty backed up James in the classic song just once off The Dude, and so James was like, hey, girl, get up here. Come, you're going to sing a duet with me now. Mm-hmm. Patty led a few of the other songs on The Dude, too. It was kind of split up between the two of them. So this is a, this is a summit meeting. Uh, is this? There's background vocals by Michael McDonald on this song to just oh, to underline yeah. the yachtiness. Yeah, it's I see, really. I see where I wrote that. It's almost so, so much that it's not really a duet anymore. He kind of like come mm-hmm. like if they, they meld so perfectly in the chorus. It's, though. I've always said this is the triumvirate of Rue singing. Everybody's going. Come. It's just like I, I think Michael McDonald may have heard that off in the distance and just wandered over and just started doing it in the back of the. It's like when, when seals find each other in the wilderness. <laughs> uh, there's another. There's another Quincy Jones production, of course, and it was written by Rod Temperton, who I want to get into. I did all my research for this song. Ted Templeman. Not to be confused with record producer Ted Templeman, Rod Temperton was a white guy from England who played keyboards in the disco funk band Heat Wave in the late 70s. That was formed by two ex-military guys from America who'd stayed in Europe to play music after leaving the service. Rod Temperton, just to paint a picture, he had a mustache. He looked like John Holmes. That he does look guy. like yes. John Holmes. Oh, yes, yeah. he does. He does. Uh, he wrote most of the Heatwave material, including their two biggest hits, which were the disco classic Boogie Nights and the Quiet Storm Ballad, Always and Forever. Uh, Quincy Jones and his audio engineer heard the Heatwave stuff and decided that Rod Temperton's sound was, and I quote from Wikipedia, exceedingly hip. Rod Temperton sounds exceedingly hip, Rashid. And so Dude, they recruited. That is so spot on, and it gets better yes. every time you do it. You keep, I know every time you look behind you, that yeah, you thought maybe like, Quincy Jones walked into the studio. <laughs> so Quincy Jones recruited Rod Temperton. Can we start this over? 
Oh. Is, oh, is it ending? I'm sorry. I thought it was ending. It is ending. It is ending. Yeah, let's start it over. We, we squandered the uh, yeah. beginning. So, Quincy squandered. Jones... I'm doing my best, Steve! Yeah, come uh, Quincy on, Quincy Jones Steve. recruited Rod You've Temperton. done bumpers once. Okay. 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 I'm doing now my I'm gonna, best, Steve. I'm going to start that sentence over. <laughs> Punishment. Quincy Jones recruited Rod Temperton to contribute material from Michael Jackson's Off the Wall album. So, Rod Temperton wrote the title track and the smash hit Rock With You, which was number one for like four weeks. And he ended up quitting Heatwave to become a professional songwriter in, in the Quincy Jones family of artists. Uh, Jones put him to work on his next projects for Rufus and Shaka Khan and the Brothers Johnson, where he wrote one of the Brothers Johnson's biggest hits, Stomp. Uh, he also wrote four of the songs on this Patty Austin album from 1981, which was called Every Home Should Have One. Oh, Patty uh, Austin. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, personnel on that album also includes, uh, you know, the usual suspects. You got Steve Lukather, Greg Fillingaines, David Foster, Bob James, Paulinho da Costa. Also, Louis Johnson is on this album, as well as percussionist Ralph McDonald. Put a pin in him. We'll talk about him later. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and another guy I'll mention from this album is jazz guitarist Eric Gale. Yes. Who's not to be confused with blues guitarist Eric Gales. Eric Gale, Ted singular. Templeman? Not to be confused with record producer Ted (laughs) Templeman. Eric Gale played. He played on a bunch of sorry sessions for the CTI label, which is a big fusion label in the seventies. And he even played on Quincy Jones's own jazz landmark for CTI, which is titled "Walking in Space." And Eric Gale also is in a really good band. I want to bring him up eventually. It's called Stuff. Uh, good name. Yeah, the band's called Stuff, and um, Steve Gadd is the drummer. It's like it's like Steely Dan, like super group. Awesome. Mm. I was really more of a fan of Things. Oh, I think I told <laughs> I think I told this anecdote before, but I saw Patty Austin in concert. She did this song, sang her part, and then sang a spot on it. Did a spot on impression of James Ingram. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah I was at that yeah. concert. It was really good. If you ever see, if you ever have a chance to see Patty Austin live, take it. Uh, this song was not a big hit the first time it was released, but almost a year afterwards, General Hospital decided to use it as Dr. Luke Spencer's love theme, and it became a huge hit thanks to exposure on a soap opera, which is a business model that will never be replicated again. All right. Uh, Rod Temperton also went on to write two of Mac- Michael McDonald's biggest solo hits, Yamo Be There and Sweet Freedom, as well as the title track of Thriller, and uh, we covered Baby Be Mine earlier. Yeah. yeah. Temperton's not really a yacht rocker, but he has an amazing talent in writing yacht rock. Yeah, he's not, like, not everything he does is yacht soul, but when he does yacht soul, it, it epitomizes the genre. Number seven. <laughs> Number seven. Yeah. yeah okay. One, more, one on, more time. We're got back it, on track. Got it right twice. We're back on track now. Sweet. Oh, listen to that. Listen to this song. Oh, it's my new do- favorite song. Doobie piano. So, a Twitter user named Adam, who goes by at Paperkin, brought Brenda Russell to my attention, being all, hey, well, how about Brenda Russell as a woman of yacht? Like, and the personnel on this album is nuts. That's what he said. And he was right. He linked to a song that was a really good Yacht Rock song, Bonanza Personnel, etc., etc. But, but, when I looked at the album, I found what at paper can, for some reason, ridiculously missed. A Yacht Rock song about Al Jarreau. Yeah. Oh. 
just about it. So Al Jarreau is one of the most important yacht soul artists. This is Brandon Russell's Jarreau, by the way. Yeah. He's so important, but I left him off the countdown because mm -hmm. featuring Al Jarreau, an Al Jarreau yacht song, is like breathing. Now you wanted to, you just wanted to put Mariah Carey's "All I Want Is You," "All I Want for Christmas Is You" in the countdown, which we overruled. Listen, anybody who chooses predictability <laughs> over growth is a, is a crank who hates human joy and the entire purpose of life. Anyone who chooses the fresh new shiny toy over the established classics when you're trying to compile a definitive list has a short attention span and is throwing out the baby with the bathwater. I'm sorry. Is Brenda Russell the fresh Gentle new shiny toy? I, I, yes. Gentlemen, I'd like to take this opportunity to say that you're both very pretty. And I'm quite fond of all of you. I'm just excited. I'm Thank you, Dave. I'm excited to fight this nerd. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight that. I'm gonna fight that nerd over there. Just kidding. I'm not gonna. This fight. song makes me want to listen to Al Jarreau now. Oh, it's Al Jarreau's a. This best. song makes me want to bang. It's sexy Wait, as hell. right now. Well, not with you guys, but uh, I mean, I, I feel like wow, this is, this is some sexy time music. Like I mean, it's a it's a it's a yacht soul song about Al Jarreau. It's yeah. so mind blowing. It sounds just like an Al Jarreau song too. She's going to see Jarreau. I know, and she de she describes a Jarreau show perfectly. I, I've seen my concert once. You know, <laughs> she describes the anticipation, the experience of seeing him live. She describes him awesomely. He's like warm sunshine. Oh, the nerves. He he makes you laugh and Psych. cry. He makes noises from the jungle, and Brenda does too, playing tribute to him with some scat of her own. Now, I, I just want to say it sucks that. Scat both means like awesome mouth jazz and poop sex. It's unfortunate. Yeah, it really is. Because I wanna, I wanna. It's talk not about a term you wanna Google yeah. necessarily. <laughs> this whole album is pretty yachty. So it's great. So Brenda started releasing albums in '79 after brief career singing background vocals for many people, many yachtsters, and including Gino Vanelli, Carol, Car Carol Bayer Sager, Mark Jordan, Kiki D, Dusty Springfield. We both mentioned both of them and Women of Yacht. Um, in 88, she had a song you'll recognize called Get Here, you know? You can reach me by railway, get here if you can. And yeah, it wasn't a big hit for her, but uh, it was covered a few years later by Olita Adams, and then it became a hit like during the Gulf War because it was a long-distance dedication. Any of my... I, I, see many, I also have my fun, any of my fun facts that we're talking about. The album was called Two Eyes, which is yeah, and it had great a great album. It had a bunch yeah, of people in it. it's really good. Oh, so when uh, someone oh, calls you oh, four eyes, that's there's a, shoot back there's a, there's a song on this album called Hello People that Michael McDonald wrote and plays on. It's it's great. Hello People. It's so weird. And also, there's another song on Two Eyes called Look Down, Young Soldier, uh, a rare 1983 war protest song. But she's assembled this choir on this song that would have made a great AIDS. Like, check out, amongst others, it included Christopher Cross, James Ingram, Joe Esposito, Beansy, oh. uh, Beansy. Uh, Rita Coolidge, and Scat King Cole himself. Al Jarreau. The first oh. three songs on this were the first one, Bill Labonte, co-writer. Yeah. Second, David Foster, co-writer. Third, Michael McDonald. Oh, mm -hmm. now I want to listen to more Brenda Russell. That is and a bang. strong yacht statement. It was a huge with. oversight in the Women of Rock. Show. Yes, mm -hmm. yeah. I'm show. glad she's here now. Welcome to the boat. Welcome to the boat. We only have about 11 states to go. I want to miss this song when we're yeah. done. Yeah, it's Mark Rivers. It's the best. It's the best part of this segment. <laughs> well, not today, boys. Because today we're going to Wisconsin, home Ooh. of El Jarreau. Oh my God! Oh. I got whiplash. First, I wanted to hear Jarreau, and I couldn't. Then I wanted to hear Brenda Russell. Now I'm hearing El Jarreau. And when I said it, Jarreau wasn't the countdown, I was being coy. We're in his state. Uh, you little tease. With his most funnest of songs, Boogie Down. Hit 77 on the U.S. charts. His goofball ode to morning time, morning hit 
in the 20s. The only explanation that this song did not do better was that it's kind of a disco song released in 1983. Yeah, disco was kind of dead in 83. Um, So before we get to the Wisconsin of it all, let's talk yacht. This song was co-written by Michael O'Mardian. Oh yeah, he's a name we've heard before. Um, it's on the legendary Jero album, produced mm-hmm. by Jay Poop and Graydon. Jay started producing Jero's albums in 1980, and that's when you start to see the yacht crew really move into the Jarud, the Jarudio. It's the Al Jar- studio. The Jar Zone. Yeah, oh, the is Jar that Zone. Where, no, is that where Phil Collins got the idea for Susudio, the Jarudio? Yeah. <laughs> um, Bill Champlin and Richard Page are on background vocals on this track. Victor Feldman's banging some sort of drum, and the album credits is a whole are like a cornucopia of yachtsters. Literally, yacht rockers are spilling out of a gourd on the Thanksgiving table in these mm. album liner notes. That's appetizing. Um, Wisconsin is home to one of the most awesome college campuses on the planet in Madison. Yeah. It's on a fucking lake, people. You can go swim or sailing after class. Also, Wisconsin has great roadside cheese. Yes. And when you drive down country roads, there's a bar every mile. Those cheese curds squeak against your teeth when you bite into them. So good. That college has a bar right in the student union. Yes, it does. At least they did uh, when I was there. But uh, I almost got arrested by a cop on the uh, front steps of the Capitol there for skateboarding. Hmm. Guy was a real prick. Hmm. You you skateboard? You got more details here that are really funny. You fell and you scared the horse. I like that. (laughs) Uh, Well, I was doing a rail slide, which, Mm -hmm. if I just say that, means I, like, did a sweet ollie and, like, Mm -hmm. slid on... No, I was sitting on my skateboard on the rail, (laughs) slid down, I ate shit anyway, fell right at the feet of a horse. The horse kind of, (laughs) like... Yeah, and uh, the cop wanted to arrest me, but I talked my way out of it. I want to start this scat part again. So at, at 1.57, the scat starts. I would love to do an internet contest where you at home try to scat along to this and send us the video on Twitter at Yacht Rock. Well, why don't we do it? Let's say right now. Okay. All right. Here we go. Let's try it. Let's try it. Ready? Here we go. Here we go. Steve. He's got nothing. Hunter. Thank you, thank you, Al Jarreau. This is like Tony Zaret's bass-offs. You ever been in one of those? Oh, they're the best. <laughs> uh, musicians from Wisconsin, Les Paul, who invented guitars. Yep. Violent Femmes, who are all dudes. Yep. Bon, uh, bon Iver, who I love. Ugh. And finally, Dessa <laughs> Bully. Dessa Bully, the greatest portmanteau band ever to come out of Milwaukee. Violent Femmes are the only band from Wisconsin I could have named off the top of my head. Uh, you got two super producers from from uh, Wisconsin. You First, you have Butch Vig, producer oh, yep, yep. Nevermind and Siamese Dream, a member of Garbage. Yep. And you have Dustin Marshall. He's a very important member of the Sonic community. Yeah. The Sonic Arts community. Yeah. Um, There's another producer from Wisconsin, Kurt Betcher, who was born in Eau Claire. He uh, produced a lot of 60s sunshine pop. Uh, like studio records by the Association, Tommy Rowe, The Millennium, and Sagittarius. I would add uh, the band Masked Intruder, pretty great pop-punk band that had a significant influence on uh, Los Angeles-based punk outfit, Karate the Band. Jesus Christ. Uh, another another guy from Wisconsin, legendary swing clarinetist Woody Herman, uh, from Milwaukee. Oh, and Jesus also, Christ. not born in Wisconsin, but a resident of Madison since 1971, James Brown drummer Clyde Stubblefield, the man who played the legendary funky drummer break that's been sampled in 8 million hip-hop recordings. Wow. 
And the Onion was founded in Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah, from uh, University of uh, Wisconsin in yep. Madison. All right, we did it. We did Wisconsin. That was Wisconsin. Plug hole. Ah, plug hole. Give, give it to us, Ocean City Defender. At Ocean City Defender on Twitter, he's a talented guy. Or at OC Defender on Twitter, talented guy. Maybe the greatest person in Canada, which would make him the 350 million and first greatest person in the United States if he ever were to oh. Yeah. So head over to the Captain's blog, check out last month's piece by David Camp, at Mr. Camp on Twitter. He links Camp Bru with a K. With a K, thank you. He links Bruce Springsteen to Yacht Rock in a really dumb but entertaining way. It's he, really a great article. Yeah, he's legit. He pounds out bonanza pieces for Vanity Fair, like Jay Graydon pounds out songs ideas through his butt. He's written books, too. Go to Amazon, uh, through the Feral Portal, and buy yourself a copy of one of David Camp's snob dictionaries. Wine, film, etc. He wagged his uh, rock snob dictionary around when he first introduced himself to us so many years ago. And he introduced me to Steve Porcaro. Yes, like did. in real life. In real life. Yeah. And uh, it was lovely. Uh, t-shirts. The time's running out. The last printing of our t-shirts. Our Bob Seger t-shirts. Probably our last printing of the Beyond Yacht Rock t-shirts for a while, too. So get on that shit. Do your pre-orders. Order up them shirts before they're gone. Uh, and Rhetoric Coffee, of course. R-H-E-T-O-R-I-C. Coffee. Coffee.com. Uh, subscription coffee. Hot hot beans. Art beans. In your mailbox. Sweet beans. Sweet art drawn on the bags. Sweet brown beans. 30% off your first shipment of beans if you put Yacht Rock in the promo code on Rhetoric Coffee. Remember to spell yacht correctly. Please say six. Please say six. Please say six. Number six. Yeah! Yes! And JD is back! <laughs> Woo! What are we listening to? All right, boys. Halfway through. Uh, here's a classic uh, early Yacht Rock sound here. Uh, so if you wanted a soulful female black background singer on your Yacht Rock song... Uh, you almost said black ground. Uh, <laughs> the, almost. The first person you call was Maxine Waters. And this is her sibling-filled vocal group, Waters. Yeah, I told you we'd be hearing more about them later. This is If There's a Way from their 1977 self-titled album, Waters, which was their second self-titled album in a row. It was a good callback, Steve. <laughs> Thank you. And their, their next I want to make sure people know we're paying these things you, off. You need to know what Hunter's saying, because you guys just... He, he who's on a run, he has a run. You have to hear it all together. Oh, let me, let it's me, okay. It's fun. First album, Waters. Second album, Waters. Third album, Watercolors. What a band! <laughs> what a band! band. <laughs> but listen to this song. This is isn't this like Boz Skaggsian? You can hear. You I can hear, hear it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Boz Skaggsian singing this song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is yeah. This is a very familiar early yacht rock sound. Uh, the synth has not completely taken over by this point. Uh, who are you hearing on this? Well. Uh, you know, percussion is important, so you hear the genius Jeff Percaro. Uh, but there's also the godfather of Yacht Rock, Victor Feldman, who is not only known for his chord voicings, but his rhythms. Wow. He's, he's doing percussion on this, Steve. I know there's a callback to chord yep. voicings. Paid it all off. Skeptical. Anyway, in addition, you have Chuck Finley again, Michael Amartian on keys and synth, and the, the dueling guitars of Ray Parker Jr. and Jay Gray. Oh, together at last. Yes. 
And yeah, there yeah. are two distinct guitar sounds on this. Yeah, it's like there's, you know, there's there's a fuzzy one and a graden one. I don't know if the two guys are playing on this song. Did you look at, did you see the credits for this song? It, it definitely wasn't on the album. specific. I need, actually need to buy this album so I can see if it's specific, but I don't believe it, it says. But if I were to guess Ray is doing rhythm and Jay is doing the solos, doing the lead, that would but also, this album was—he's not just on keys, but he, Michael O'Mardian also produced this yes, album. Yes, he produced this album. And the producers so important in yacht rock and yacht soul—they shape the yacht sound we love so well. And for you film nerds who don't know anything of, about music, a lot of film nerds out here in LA. Uh, the producer on albums is like the director of movies. They execute the vision, or in the case of albums, the sonic experience. Sonic. Right, Hunter? Hunter, he said sonic like a music critic. Uh, so Waters. Who's in Waters? They are Julia, Luther, Oren, and Maxine. Maxine is sometimes credited as Maxine Willard. Um, she's, she's not the same Maxine Waters who's been in the House of Representatives no, for a long time. No, We've said that before. We'll say it again. Said, yeah, and she probably... Well, it's why. not clear that they are different people. But Yeah, I, I think Wikipedia actually had them linked wrong. Hmm. Uh, well, anyway, she's the one who gets them on the boat. She's the one who's worked with yacht rockers like Gino Vanelli, Nielsen Pearson, yeah. Michael McDonald, and she was super great on super great guy Neil Diamond's Heartlight. That yep. guy's amazing. Yep. Uh, and a bunch more smaller but similarly great albums, yacht rock albums. So here's the waters. Number five. That guy said Gene Meat. Mm-hmm. This is Ocean City Defender again. He does everything for me now. <laughs> Grover Washington Jr. and Bill Withers. Just hmm. the two of us coming at you. That's number five. All right. I'm going to go. We're going to have a controversy here. I'm going to go on record. I'm not sure this is Yacht Soul so much as just R&B crossover jazz. JD, prove me wrong. I would say that this could be proto Yacht Soul if it wasn't in 1981. Yeah, like, well, this listen, is actually listen. surprisingly late. So I'm not going to take any shit from Steve who picked Jim Photoglow and Yacht Rock as a shit <laughs> yeah. stink bone throw. That was that was awesome. Listen, you have no. <laughs> no that was a fantastic you have, song, and you guys have terrible no, taste. It is a great mm, song. You have no. no you, you proved you have no ear for Yacht Rock. But listen, <laughs> listen, I love you. You're my fit. You're like my tenth favorite guy in Prove the world. Prove to me that you have listen. an ear for Yacht Soul. Okay, so. Yes, I will give you, this is a crossover on a jazz artist's jazz album, mm-hmm. a crossover mm-hmm. song, but that doesn't disqualify it, because he crossed over with Yacht Soul, the sound. A big part is the sound. It's smooth it's right. and quiet, but somehow exciting. The lyrics are poetic, far from straightforward, especially for a love song, and it just sounds elite, because it is. No, I'm not saying it's not elite. I'm saying it's a great song, and I'm not sure it fits this category. That's not, he said this wasn't elite earlier today. Yeah, well, listen. He told me that. Okay, well. No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't even see you till you walked uh, in the studio. And, and the first thing true. you said was the two of us aren't elite. I heard it. Anyway. Yeah. So the sound is yachty, <laughs> soulful, and lovely. And one more thing. The personnel, not full of, oh, geez, let me try to get this term right. Recognizable name. I knew it was a made-up word. Whatever he can't say. Recognizable name. The clumsiest name. portmanteau except, to date. Except Steve Gadd's on drums. Steely okay. Gadd's All right. That's, that's good. Uh, but I want to open a new vein here, oh, and that ve- Gadd on those. That vein's name is Ralph McDonald. Oh, you're gonna pay something song. off from earlier in the episode. Yeah, huh? Ralph McDonald. Hunter, 
He's the percussionist. He's the producer of this album. Hunter, how important to Yacht Soul is percussion? Very. Yeah, thank you very much. Quincy Jones, Bob James, the Brothers Johnson, George Benson, the Brecker Brothers, Neil Larson, Michael Frank, Steely Dan, Ralph McDonald percussioned for all of these people. And that's just like 10% of the stuff he appeared on. Who's Michael Franks? He's a yacht rock guy that we haven't talked about yet. Oh, okay. That's, that's, that's kind of yacht jazz. That's called foreshadowing. Oh, okay. I thought, yeah, you, we haven't, I thought we, you slipped something in there. We haven't mentioned him yet, but he's got some, some interesting stuff. Um, so if, by definition, a great yacht rock session guy, or if by definition of yacht rock, a great yacht rock session guy is one of the elite players in music during the era, Ralph McDonald is definitely one of them. And... He was the, I don't know if I mentioned this during the show, but during our Celebrate Me Home show, he was the percussionist on Celebrate Me Home. Bob James brought him over to Yacht Soul, that one out. Fantastic. So the percussion in this song is tied together by the equatorial hand drums, congas, bongas, I don't know. But that hand equatorial drum... Equatorial is a good descriptor. <laughs> yeah, I like that, yeah. I like that too. Uh, it's, it's, this sound is prevalent in some of our yacht favorites, especially doobie stuff. These are the drums that give Yacht Rock that feel that we're in a better, warmer, more exotic place. That we've sailed to. Exactly, like we said before. And this song also has some great e-piano and even some steel drum for that Caribbean feel, it's, which is ironically rare in Yacht Hits. So that is my argument for why this is Yacht Rock. Oh, it's also very important for me to pull Bill Withers into the yacht, even though it's a tenuous connection. It's I love tenuous. Bill Withers. Uh, like, Lovely Day doesn't quite cut it. Oh, I wish it did. He had a rough time in West Virginia. He needs... He deserves to oh, be on the Oh, you picked the a short version of that. Oh, I still, is there a longer one? Yeah, it was usually it's like a seven-minute thing, I think. Yeah, this was short. I still think, though, if that's Yacht Soul, then the great Bertie Higgins is Yacht Rock. Yeah, or Photo Glow. Yeah, probably that shitty Photo Glow song you played. Yeah, a, great a great Photo Glow song. Great song. Not Yacht Rock. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Totally Yacht Gotta Rock. Gotta fight this nerd. <laughs> Slap fight. Phone number four. Yes, thank you. Thank you, OZ Defender. All right, here it is, the man. This is my personal number one yacht soul artist. Uh, this is the extremely important Gregory Fillingains with Lazy Nina from 1984's Pulse, and he looks super awesome on the cover of this album. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean Greg Fillingains, he's not—he's uh, not a—he's a session keyboardist. He's not a frontman. He's not yeah. necessarily a handsome guy, but they have him in this slick collar pop, shiny '80s blazer, and he's holding this sweet red guitar, and he looks. Terrifying. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but there's, look, listen, there's a lot of holding... reasons Carmine Apiece sat behind <laughs> the rest of the band. He's holding that keytar like a woman who's never touched a dick before. Uh, what? Uh, this, <laughs> this, so this is a little bit later than my other two songs, uh, when most music was just synth blast. But here he's dialing it down to tuck into that yacht pocket. Hunter, I'm sorry. Could you explain what Blaz is again? Because I have forgotten. It's just full-on 80s-ness. Okay. You know, just day-glow colors and, like, just Miami Vice. In Got it. Face. Got so it. 80s, it's boring. Blaz. Yeah. Got it. It's, it's 
boring pizzazz. It's like confetti at a concert. It, does, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't excite you anymore. No. It's just the music should in your be, face. The music should be at the forefront, not what they spray on the audience. It's like being at Dodger Stadium. The baseball should be at the forefront, not doing the fucking wave or hitting a beach ball around. Or, I like to go oh, back Jesus, to that. Jesus, baseball thing. <laughs> okay, so if this song sounds familiar, it would be because Donald Fagan wrote it for Greg. My theory is that Don wanted to write this, write a song about watching Soul Train, but didn't think he had the melanin to pull it off. So he was like, I'll write it for you and I'll co-produce it. Yeah. Sort of like Prince throwing his R&B material to the time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, this is such a Steely Dan song. Like, it is. Like, yeah, it really is. Donald Fagan always wrote songs about ladies with sassy little first names, like Lazy Nina, Lunch with Gina, Hey Nineteena. Yeah. Nineteena, that's a good one. Thank you. Uh, um, also, Steely Dan songs not designed for talented singers, so Donald Fagan is a singer. He's, he's a singer just by default, and Greg Fillingaines is, is no singer either. Um, his fingers may make a song like Swish as they travel across the keyboards, but he's a terrible singer. And this song is in both Greg and Donald's range. Yeah, they had, they were, uh, they were, uh, uh so, oh, not old souls, what are they, uh, when people are, yeah, never mind. Yeah. Miss Met Youth? No. Uh, so you also have... Lovers. On this song, you also have Michael Bodiger on synth. We talked about him. They go, he goes hand in hand with Phil and Gaines. Uh... Rest of the album, you have Maxine Waters, you have Paulino da Costa, talk about those guys. We have Michael Jackson working with Richard Page. Hmm. Awesome. Uh, and for the first time, I mentioned uh, uh, guitarist David Williams is on this, and he's kind of a yacht soul VIP who's worked with Bugatti and Musker, which we talked about last week. Bobby Caldwell, Michael Jackson, the Brothers Johnson, and K Logs. So I'm sure we'll hear about hear that name again in the future. I looked up this album. There's also a cover of a Yellow Magic Orchestra song with additional lyrics by Michael Jackson, which is a weird thing that I want to hear now. And I mentioned it, I believe I mentioned this first uh, before, but Greg, Greg Fillingaines was officially a member of Toto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he kind of took, uh, whose place did he take? Uh, Pedro Pac- Steve, Steve Picaro. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. But Picaro's back with Toto, don't worry. And so he's just all over Yacht Soul. He's a fire keeper. He needs to be recognized. He's a fire keeper. Number three. Oh, I've been waiting for this one. I've been waiting for this one this for a really long time. One. This is George Benson with Gimme the Night. Uh, George Benson started his career as a straight-ahead soul jazz guitarist. Uh, early in his career as a band leader, he released some landmark jazz albums like Shape of Things to Come and Beyond the Blue Horizon. Well, what, what surprised me is he's been putting out albums since 1964. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His debut album called The New Boss Guitar of George Benson, which makes me think we should call George Benson the boss of guitar. Yeah, because he's not the new boss anymore. Yeah, uh, guitar boss. Um, and in the Yacht Rock era, and I think it was his Breezin album, he was given a chance to sing um, uh, on This Masquerade. It was a yeah, top yeah, yeah. R&B hit. No, you're right, you're right. Um, but Breezin was his first album on Warner Brothers, so I assumed he was going from jazz to pop there when he signed with Warner Brothers. Yeah, he went. He left CTI and went over to Warner yeah. Brothers. And he's got the face of a superstar handsome guy, so I can see why he was yeah. able to make that trend. Yeah, the initials of somebody that could be called Guitar Boss. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and see, by the, t- by the time... This, is, this was another Quincy Jones production. Uh, by the time he landed in Quincy Jones's orbit, you know, Breezin had already established him as an R&B-friendly crossover artist uh, several years earlier, but this album is his creative peak in that area. Uh, this 
Give Me the Night right here, the title track, was his biggest hit single, hit number four on the pop charts. It was the first of his two number ones on the R&B chart. The other one was Turn Your Love Around. Uh, he won three Grammys re- related to this project. Best Jazz Male Vocal for Moody's Mood. Best R&B Instrumental for Off-Broadway. And Best R&B Male Vocal for just the full album. He was nominated for the entire album, not just one song. Uh, which is a little strange to me because when I hear his singing voice, you know, even though I enjoy it, I, I think like Greg Fillingate is kind of his secondary talent. Um, and I kind of subconsciously compare it to Michael Jackson's because it's his thriller production team, basically. Um, you know, George Brett has the initials GB2, but I would not refer to him as a guitar boss. That's a good point. Thank you. All right. That's f- and relevant, I'm sure. What yeah. else, Steve? Keep him moving. Uh, half go. the songs on Give Me the Night were written by Rod Temperton, including this one. Patty Austin appears on Moody's Mood. The instrumental personnel includes Greg Fillingaines on keyboards, along with fusion legend George Duke. Uh, bassist Lewis Johnson, Paulina DaCosta, fellow guitarist Lee Rittenauer, who we, I think we've covered in a bone throw. Uh, also, Quincy's favorite horn deranger, Jerry Hay. Logline. He's on the logline. Yeah, yeah. logline. Uh, this sold over a million copies. Uh, it was his only album produced by Quincy Jones. And last but not least, there's a song co-written by future Alanis Morissette producer Glenn Ballard and our Yacht or Nyat discovery, Kerry Charter. And Herbie Hancock's playing the e-piano on this one. Mm. Yeah. And this and, next theory of yours I love. Yes, all right. One of the most important points I want to make about Yacht Soul is how deeply, we've talked about it a little bit already, but how deeply it informed the making of Michael Jackson's thriller, the most popular album of all time. Every Quincy Jones helm project after Off the Wall is in some way, shape, or form a dry run for thriller. It's a lot of the same team. You know, honing their chops, figuring out what works, gaining more and more skill and experience. And this is my personal favorite Yacht Soul album, top to bottom. It's one of the best, I think. And I also think out of every phase of George Benson's career, this is his best music overall, even if it emphasizes his singing more than his guitar. I love this one. Perfecto. Song's over. Boom. Hmm, good timing. Number two. All right, here's our fucking discovery, guys. Holy shit, this song. In 1981, Diana Ross, that's right, that's who this is, with That's How You Start Over. She left Motown in 81, partly over a dispute over royalties, signed with RCA for $20 million, which was then the richest recording contract in history. Uh, She had just reinvented herself for the disco era with Upside Down and Coming Out, produced by Chic. And she was one of the most successful female recording artists of all time. Her first album was kind of rushed, but it did have the smash Lionel Richie duet, Endless Love. Her second, Silk Electric, co-produced by Michael Jackson. In the credits there, you'll start to see some of the usual Quincy Jones suspects pop up. Now, this is from her third album for RCA, just called Ross, from 1983. And this album, she goes full-on yacht. And by her standards, it flopped. It's uh, kind of a shame. There were no big hit singles. It did hit number 14 on the R&B charts, but today it's pretty much forgotten. And here we are. We're going to dig this back up, because this is great. This album's so good, and it's one of the yachtiest albums I've ever heard. And it's such a crazy thing to say, hey, you want a good Yacht Rock album? Check out Diana Ross's album from 1983. Right. But Steve's got some fun facts to inform you why they're so yachty. So first of all, it was produced by Steely Dan's producer Gary Katz, mostly. A couple tracks by Ray Parker Jr., Donald Fagan wrote the second track, Love Will Make It Right. This one right here is the lead-off track on the album, co-written by the king himself, Michael McDonald, along with Ed Sanford of the Sanford Townsend Band, the team from uh, I Keep Forgetting, which we heard earlier in the show. 
Uh, this song, you can hear all these little McDonaldisms that you're used to hearing, but they're funkier. They're more up-tempo. They're more driving because this is a soul disco diva. She's taking this material to the next level. The McDonaldism in this song is off the charts. The piano banging sounds right off of, it's right off of a Doobie Brothers effort. Yeah, but then it turns into Michael McDisco when <laughs> Diana Ross gets a hold of it. Uh, I'll run. I'll run down a little bit of the other personnel. We got Mark Jordan, who co-writes two songs on this album. Steve Lukather, Jeff and Steve Picard, David Page, Greg Fillingaines, uh, Larry Carlton, Quincy's horn arranger Jerry Hay. Hey! Hey! Hey, Jerry! Hey! hey that's Fonz Mizell's. Hey, that's his bit. It's a shame this album wasn't a bigger hit for her. It's extraordinary. Like Steve tracked this one down, and we had some wild arguments as to what song to pick on the countdown. I think I allowed Steve to pick my daughter's husband if he were to put this song on the countdown. Uh, JD, I just want to say that your daughter may not like him at first, uh, owing to the significant age difference. Uh, but as a wealthy merchant, he will be able to provide for her quite generously. Oh, thank goodness. She'll grow into that affection. Anything else on this one, guys? It's really good. Yeah, it's really good. Go check this out. Ross from 83. Number one. did it. Yeah. Yes. These bumpers are quite good. Ocean City Defender, man. That guy. Yeah. I fought, hard, I fought hard for this. Didn't, didn't he apologize to you on Twitter for being Canadian? <laughs> yeah, he should. Yeah. <laughs> it's this talent he doesn't have to apologize for. Right. Shut up and talk about this song. I fought hard for this to be kept out of the bone throws to save it for this episode, and I fought hard for it to be number one. Dave, what is it? Holy After the love has gone, I'm just yeah, I'm just uh, like reeling from uh, the scolding we just received. This is a this you is, were just telling me to hurry up on the two songs I just well, did. No, that wasn't me. Lot. You talked a lot. Yeah, you this, got to read everything you wrote say. though, so that was uh, great. I had this a is, lot to say. It's a great songs. song. You can see this one coming from a mile away though, and I've heard it a million times. Uh, tell me what happens after the love has, for after the love is gone is gone. Are <laughs> you right? What is it? after the love is gone by Earth, Wind, and Fire? Thanks, JD. <laughs> Hey, oh. Dave, what's the song again? Oh, it's my turn? Uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, After the Love is Gone. Oh. I'd been wanting to use this as a bone throw for quite a while. I'm really excited it's number one. Uh, Steve kept badgering me out of using it because he wanted to save it for this specific episode. And this specific slot in this specific episode. Yeah. And I won. Yeah. I did it. Tell us why it's so good, Steve. <laughs> well, uh, for starters, this song was written by... This podcast's favorite triumvirate of David Foster, Jay Graydon, and Bill Champlin. Uh, Champlin wrote the lyrics. This was actually originally intended for Bill Champlin's first solo album, Single, until David Foster played it for Maurice White, who realized it was too good for a Bill Champlin solo album and grabbed it for his own band. Now, there's some conflicting stories about that. Mm -hmm. uh, Tommy Mo Motola? Motola. Tommy Motola. Motola. Mariah Carey's first husband. And the guy that uh, the Hollow Notes song Gino was written by, right? Written about, yeah. 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 I just mentioned Mariah Carey in number one, guys. Thank you very much. Out. She's a songstress and an American treasure. Continue, Dave. According to uh, Tommy... Matola. Matola, Hollow Notes manager, he said that this song was originally offered to Hollow Notes, but that Hollow Notes didn't want to do it because they weren't interested in writing other people's songs. Singing other people's songs. Singing, yeah. Doing other people's songs. Maybe you guys should just read this. <laughs> no, it makes sense. 
This hit number two on both the pop and R&B charts, and uh, the guys who wrote it won a Grammy for Best R&B Song. And to me, this song is the absolute definition of Yacht Soul. The white boys did it so well that the black dudes were like, oh yeah, we got to get in on this action. And they certainly did. I, I'm, I'm, I, listen, I give this song a hard time because I think it's a boring choice for number one, but we, we this is a battle we've hashed out. But I'm all for putting it on the countdown. It's phenomenal. It's definitive. Um, and most importantly to me, it brings Philip Bailey onto the yacht. Yeah. Um, yeah. It makes a, a, I played Easy Lover when I was DJing Yacht Rock in uh, San Diego, San and I felt kind of guilty about it. But now I don't anymore because no, Philip Bailey's a yachter. You should never feel guilty for playing Easy Lover, JD. Philip Bailey also sang when Bill Champlin wasn't singing on Paulina DaCosta's album. Mm -hmm. Philip Bailey sang on that. Oh, awesome. He's good. I think. Uh, Maurice it might have been Jeffrey Osborne. <laughs> Maurice White, lead singer of Earth, Wind & Fire, died this year. One of the many, many artists to die in 2016. Joel. Leader of Earth, Wind & Fire. Joe what Walsh, did I say? everyone singer. else. Uh, Leader? Oh, for God's sake. Steve, where else can we Phil hear Bailey's this song? Phil Bailey's the lead singer. Uh, Jay Graydon and David Foster did their own version of this song on their lone album as Airplay. Uh, it's listed there as After the Love Is Gone on the, uh, on the uh, spine. And it's great to listen to that song and this version to sort of understand the difference between Yacht Rock and Yacht Soul because the uh, the end of this Earth, Wind & Fire song has a sax solo, mm -hmm. but the Airplay version has a guitar solo. It was Philip Bailey. Singing, I, singing I, this song? No, well, no, and on the Paulina DaCosta thing. Okay, super quick. What didn't make the list, guys? Um, oh, the Dionne Warwick album Friends in Love from 82 is very yachty. Title the whole album. Duet with mm. Johnny Mathis, written by Graydon Foster Champlin. Super yachty track called What Is This? that Graydon co-wrote with Myra Waters also. Also, we could have included every track on Quincy Jones' The Dude in some way, shape, or form. We already used James Ingram's 100 Ways from that album as a bone throw. But yeah, there's tons of great stuff still out there. June Pointer. With Always mm -hmm. was on the list for a little while, got taken off. Yeah, from, and for Pointer Michael, Sisters. For Michael Jackson. Yeah, Pointer Sisters, He's So Shy, also we used in the uh, Women of Yacht episode, could have fit yep. here as well. Uh, June yeah. Pointer, Always. Another surprising yacht song, like the Pointer Sisters, He's So Shy, is Cheryl Lynn's Got to Be Real, which we mentioned earlier in the podcast. Mm -hmm. Total it was, produced. Uh, it's, she sang Georgie Porgy with Toto, and it's got, you know, it's got all the people on it, and it's got a surprising yacht rock song when you listen to it through a yacht rock filter. Uh, good episode, guys. We did it. We did it, Yacht Soul. We did Soul. Yacht Soul. Uh, next week, I'm in the captain's chair, and I'm going to do Snake Charmers. You want to know what that means, watch Yacht Rock episode 12 on the internet on YachtRock.com. How as many of you watch that episode? Should we all come in with our snakes charmed? Yes, please do. I don't need to be Looking slapped in the face with your giant cool. wang anymore, Hunter. Find this week's Yacht Soul playlist by following J.D. Rizner on Spotify. Go to YachtRock.com. Don't worry about it. Go to YachtRock.com to buy t-shirts. Read the captain's blog and see show notes by Tim Malcolm. Follow him on Twitter at Timothy Malcolm for fun facts. Send questions via Twitter at Yacht Rock. Follow JD at JD Riznar. Follow Hollywood Steve at Hollywood Steve H. Follow Dave at David underscore B underscore Lions. Follow Hunter at Hunter Stare. Like Yacht Rock on Facebook. Rate and review us on iTunes. Your reviews help us pick up heat. So please take time today to write us a review. Give us please. some heat. Thanks to Ocean City Defender, my man, for sending the bumpers. Additional bumpers by Rob Crow and Mark Rivers. Thanks to producer Dustin Marshall for producing our show. 
Thank very, you, Dustin. Very yes, simple thank thanks you. there. Yeah. Uh, like that. And heartfelt. Uh, and check out other Feral Audio podcasts at feralaudio.com. After the podcast on... So I was just talking about, like, Let's just go back cool. to our homes. What? I was ta- Next week, I was talking about just dressing up really cool. Oh, I thought you were our dicks. You no. know, our dicks slapping each other in the face like they always do. No. Yeah.